0: Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny Bean. Today, I'm interviewing authors for the Writers Unleashed Sutherland Shire Writers Festival, and it's such a privilege to be podcasting for this wonderful festival. And a huge shout out to our organiser, extraordinaire Danuka McKenzie. I am super excited. Return guest, the Sandy to my Danny, Sandy Docker. Writes about love, loss, family and small country towns. Her debut novel, The Kookaburra Creek Cafe, was released in 2018. The Cottage at Rosella Cove in 2019. The German edition of The Kookaburra Creek Cafe was released in 2020. That's super cool. And her third novel, The Banksia Bay Beach, Shack*, and Maybe, that's also my favourite, was released in March 2020. And Sandy's latest novel, The Wattle Island Book Club, will be available in August. That could very well become my new favourite. Welcome, Sandy. Dock of the Sandy to my Danny.
1: Hi, Danny. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to follow on from an introduction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I love having you on and I wish we could talk for about an hour, but we have like 20 minutes. So we're going to have to go double speed
1: back into it.
0: <laughs> Let's do this. Now, I love talking to you and we've been on each other's shows me on your wonderful friday bites on on facebook every friday and you've been uh words and nerds on both sides of the chair as an author guest and as a uh you know an interviewer extraordinaire as well what do you enjoy about um creating that kind of content before we get
1: into books I think the thing that I've enjoyed about Friday Book Bites and also being a guest interviewer on Words and Nerds is the connection that you create with other creatives, mm. whether it's readers or writers or or anything else. I, I just love chatting about books and chatting about the creative process and doing shows like this means you get to go beyond your normal circle of writer friends. You know, I never would have met Martha Hall Kelly if it wasn't for your podcast and she was such a delight to chat to and we chatted after the actual podcast episode for like half an hour afterwards I love you know which was just beautiful Yeah
0: I love those connections though and it's funny because I think they're different when you meet someone for the first time down the street or whatever you tend to just go for you know your first conversation is sort of surface things but I find when you start doing these conversations about books and literature and all those kind of things you just start talking about deep things about life and that connection is forged so much quicker I think.
1: Yeah well because you know you've only got a limited time and you know it's only going to be one time and so you get straight down into the nitty-gritty and And what people think and feel about literature tells you a lot about their soul. Mm,
0: Oh, I love that, Sandy. (laughs) Talked about soul and it's the first question. (laughs) (laughs) But that was funny when I came onto your um, Friday Book Bites. When I watched it back, I was like, wow, I revealed, because I'd not been interviewed before because I'm the interviewer, right? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, wow, I revealed a lot. Wow, that was that was interesting. So, no, it was okay, really, it's really it was it was. like therapy. I liked it. <laughs> now, I do want to talk about your amazing book that's coming out, uh, The Waddle Island Book Club,
1: available now, August. Uh, August 31st it comes
0: out. Amazing. And I can't yes. wait to read it. Like I said, The Banksia Bay Beach Shack, I loved that so much. So, tell me, um, The Waddle Island Book Club, what is this one about?
1: Well, surprisingly enough, it's about a book club on
0: an island. I I got that. I got that (laughs) much.
1: No. So um, our protagonist, Grace, is a librarian on the mainland and she receives a request from Wattle Island from Anne, who's in her 80s, and she wants to restart the Wattle Island book club. It had been going for uh, 60 years and then it stopped seven years ago all of a sudden and she wants to reignite the book club on the island and when Grace starts doing a little bit of digging she really wants to find out why it stopped seven years ago this very successful book club so she travels to the island and she meets Anne and all of the wonderful cast of characters on Model Island and tries to get down into the nitty-gritty of the mystery of why the book club stopped.
0: Oh so we talked about this before how you know you've got this genre but you always try and Well, maybe not try, but you do. You have this sort of mystery kind of thing going on in it as well, and that was very much so about the Banksia Bay Beach Shack. So, is this kind of what what is beginning to define a
1: sandy docker book? I think it is, and quite accidentally. Like, I never set out to do that. It just seems to be the way that my writing has developed, and whether that's to keep myself entertained as I'm writing you know what is the mystery because I don't know what the mystery is <laughs> I, I love start. that so much <laughs> you know I know like well something's gonna happen but I don't know what that something is and so it's just as much of a mystery for me when I start writing as it is for my readers when they're reading and and I really like that mm,
0: I was gonna say is there even though you really like that the mystery being a mystery is there some anxiety in that as well don't just sometimes you think I'm not gonna what if I don't find figure it out
1: yeah yeah absolutely so <laughs> I've just started being a pants up which is what we call it in the industry someone who flies by the seat of their yeah. pants um yeah it is fraught with anxiety and danger because it may not come together in the end and I've just started book number five and again there's some kind of mystery I don't know what it is <laughs> <laughs> I haven't figured that bit out yet but I'm sure it'll come I'm sure it will
0: But it seems like it's you it's become your process, you know, so maybe your brain, you know, even not consciously thinks okay this sort of point in the book, this is where. You know it's all those ideas are going to come together because our brains are quite powerful like that i've heard that if you say to yourself you're going to write every Saturday at 9am or whatever time it is. Your brain collects all that creativity and then it's ready to fire at that point of time, so do you think you've kind of got that thing going with your your process now.
1: Yeah, I think for me what I like about the way that I write is that the story comes to me rather than me trying to find the story and, you know, I have moments where I think, well, I'm not inspired today or, you know, I'm too tired or whatever it might be and it's too hard, I can't do it Um, and I don't know because I don't know what I'm going to do and I sometimes get a bit stuck But what I find is that as soon as I sit down in front of the computer or in front of the the page and pen, that if I actually start writing, it does reveal itself to me. And that's the part of the process that I really love. Like I go into it not knowing anything about what's going to happen, but the characters tell me, you know, and the story does eventually reveal itself. And they're like tiny little light bulb moments along the way which I find really fun. Mm,
0: I like that and I think that does say something about your brain getting ready for that moment of creativity and
1: it's ready and we just need to sometimes trust it. And I was Yeah. It's a hard thing to do like when you when you come to the table not knowing what's going to happen it's a really hard thing to trust that it yep. will turn up on the page but I have found that it does and, and I and I procrastinate like everybody does and, you know, and I put it off and I put it off and then the second I sit down, I go, why didn't I do that three days ago? Why didn't I just sit down <laughs> three days ago? I would have had, you know, another two chapters by now.
0: <laughs> and I was talking to Lauren Chater um, this morning and we were talking mm-hmm. about just leaning into who you are as a writer. So if you're a pantser, don't try and pray to be a plotter vice versa. Just lean into what it is that works for you, and then it will come. You know, stop resisting. We're also talking about this in terms of lockdown as well. Stop mm-hmm. resisting it, lean into it, and make your life a little bit easier. Easier said than done, Sandy. But do you think you've done that over the years, thinking I'm just a pantser, that's that's how it is? I'm going to lean into it.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I sort of learnt that fairly on because I don't think I could write if I was somebody who meticulously plots out their manuscript, uh, my brain just doesn't work that way and I would feel perhaps trapped if yeah. that were for me and I would like I try to force a manuscript into a certain direction. you know and I think yeah, you have to find your own. There's no right or wrong, you know whether you're a pants or a plotter or a hybrid or some other name that we haven't come up with <laughs> yet. Um, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. you have to do what works for you because if you try to be something that you're not you're going to fall over and your readers are going to notice that in your story too you know it's your heart and soul at the end of the day and they're very perceptive they know if your heart's not in it
0: Mm, absolutely and you know when a heart and soul is in a book it really you you can feel that and I think they're the books that you can't put down
1: yeah exactly
0: exactly. now five books in pretty impressive uh how's your process changed like I know your pants are and yeah. the mysteries come to you, but has the process at all refined or changed or is anything different about it or is it slightly different for each book?
1: Each book is different. Some come more easily than others. Um, I'm finding the one that I'm working on at the moment, even though I'm in the very early stages, it's coming relatively easy. while Island was harder to wrangle. In terms of the physical process, I used to be a pen to paper first Writer. Wow. Yeah, so I would write longhand the entire 90,000 words. Wow, <laughs>
0: that is commitment. I
1: love it. And then go to the keyboard. Wow. <laughs> but that was back before I was published, and I had as long as I wanted to write. And, you know, Cookaburra um, Creek took uh, five years, I think it was. whereas wow. both took three. But you don't have that kind of time when you are published and you've got deadlines. So I don't write pen to paper anymore. I go straight onto the computer because I don't have the time to do that. And that was a huge learning experience for me. Maxia Bay was the first one that I had to do that with, and I freaked out at first mm. that I didn't have my pen and paper with me, and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it on the keyboard. Um, but I had to, and so yeah, I had to readjust the way that I write from then on.
0: Mm, I really like that, but I love that is that is commitment of writing pen to. Like, I actually love writing pen to paper. Yeah. I, I feel I don't know, a bit old school maybe, but I actually love the connection to pen and paper. But ninety thousand words—that is a big ask.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. There is um, scientific studies done. Yes. That say it's a different. Um, the synapses in the brain fire differently when you are pen to paper than yeah. fingers to keyboard. So that was how I used to justify it. <laughs> But, yeah, I don't have the time these
0: days. But, yeah, no, I think that too. I think it's different and um, it must have been a different process too to then go and put it on the laptop. You know, that's firing different synapses in your brain. So that is super interesting. I love that kind of stuff. But what have you learnt from other writers? I mean, you, you've, you've got writer friends, you've interviewed some writers, you talked to writers on Friday Book Bites. What are the sort of things that you've learned, even if you haven't taken them on board, but learnt about others' process or how they wrangle these magnificent drafts into books?
1: I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that as different as we all are in the way we approach our work and how we do it we're actually all the same at the same time we have the same fears the same worries the same problems the same plot holes the same barriers to our writing regardless of what our process is and that kind of makes you feel not as alone as you Mm. might and I love chatting you know off screen with authors um, and just finding out that yeah actually they're the same as me and we've got all the same problems and we're not alone and that's really comforting.
0: Mm. And those honest conversations are really important because from the outside you see the author celebrating their book, you see this gorgeous cover, you see the perfect writing and a lot of people don't know or understand and in some ways it's good because books are magic you know and you don't want to kill the magic but it's really nice to see the pro the process of everyone struggling you know you speak to accomplished writers you know i've spoken to to jack heath he's up to you know Nearly up to his fortieth book, and he yeah. still has that sort of crippling self doubt three quarters of the way through every single book. Yep. You know, yep. so that is is comforting and human, and it really sort of defines what writing is
1: about, isn't it? Because it's very exposing. It is, and as much as your family love you, they don't understand that side yes. of it, and that and that's fine. They can't. I wouldn't have understood it if I wasn't a writer myself, and so you know they are people that get it and they get that it's your heart and soul on a page and they get that reviews hurt and they get that the problems feel overwhelming and it's really nice to have that community around you because it is an isolating thing writing a book as you know Danny it is an isolating thing you do that on your own so it's nice to have those moments where you can connect with people who understand.
0: Yeah, and that's what I guess we're missing so much about the Online Writers' Festival. I mean, they've done a fantastic job yep. pivoting, but it is sad that we can't be together. I was so excited to be, you know, face-to-face with Sandy mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, do you, what do you love about Writers' Festivals?
1: The thing that I love about Writers' Festival is that connection and reaching people that you maybe wouldn't have reached mm. otherwise and just getting personal with readers and writers together, you know. Um, You don't get that when you're behind the computer screen typing away on your manuscript or even if readers send you an email to tell you that they loved your book. The Writers' Festival is a different atmosphere and it's a bit more personal and I really love that.
0: Yeah, me too. That connection with like-minded people cannot be beaten. (laughs) Now, in your session for the Writers' Festival, you talked about light and shade in writing contemporary fiction. Um, Obviously, I don't want to reveal all those secrets for the session, but (laughs) give us a little bit of a gist about, you know, maybe one thing about the light and shade of writing um, from your experience in contemporary fiction.
1: Yeah, so one of the hardest things when you're writing contemporary fiction, which can and mine certainly do deal with some pretty tough issues is finding that balance between talking about the issue but also giving the readers hope uh, yeah. and an uplifting feeling, um, particularly by the time they get to the end. And, and that can be really hard. And, and Pam and I both talked about how we sometimes go down that rabbit hole of being really, 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 really dark and we have to pull ourselves back because that's not what we're supposed to be writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so finding that balance is, is, it can be really tricky. That's
0: really interesting too, because when I talk to you, and you know, as much as I know you, you don't come across as some kind of dark person. So it's interesting <laughs> that you go down those paths of darkness um, and have to pull yourself out. But I think that's also the cathartic part of writing, isn't it? You get yeah. all of that out, so you can be a bit sunnier. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've all got a dark side. <laughs> we, oh yes, we do. <laughs> we all deal with emotions in different ways, and we've all faced grief and hardship and tragedy and. And we can all get stuck down that hole. And I remember a very, very early draft of the Waddle Island Book Club that I sent to my publisher, and she went, Oh dear. <laughs> she was like, This is a bit too dark and heavy, Sandy. Like, this is really depressing. Oh dear. Uh, oops.
0: The two words that you may not want to hear when you submit a draft.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we. I love uh, that
0: yeah. so much. <laughs>
1: And this is what I say when I say this one was actually a hard one to write because I did I got stuck down in the mm. darkness of mm. the story, and um, and that was a cathartic. Speak. I got that out on paper and it's still stuck in a file on my computer. All the bits that we cut out, which was like half the book, um, <laughs> that's only half a book. <laughs> yeah, what's forty thousand words between friends? <laughs> Maybe that can
0: be your your you know crime novel coming out in twenty twenty three or something. Yeah, maybe.
1: maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, so so to bring that back to what is typically a Sandy Docker book was something that we had to do and I had to find that moment of joy. And once I found that moment of joy, it all, it all came together and it is, you know, an uplifting story now. Um, but I think I had to go through that darkness that process, yeah, yeah, to then find the light.
0: And it's true. You don't always have to publish everything you write. Sometimes you no. need to write all this stuff to get to the, the stuff that you need to publish. And it's interesting. My last question to you was actually, I mean, we've touched on a little bit, a little bit of joy, a little bit of light and darkness, a little bit of mystery. Um, but what else defines a Sandy Docker book?
1: Oh, I think that's for other people to judge more so <laughs> than, than me. I hope what defines a Sandy Docker book is heart. I hope that's what is what people think of when they think of my stories, that, you know, I touch on the dark, but I leave you uplifted. There's present thread, there's a historical thread, but what brings it all together I hope is heart.
0: I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's why for me, I love all your books, but that's why the Banksia Bay Beach Shack really stuck with me. You know, I read a lot of books, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the books you enjoy in the moment and they go on the shelf and you're like, oh, that was a great book. But that book, for some reason, it just has always stuck with me. And I think it was because of the heart and the relationships and, you know, the hardship and the heartbreak in that story. Also joy, also light. But, (laughs) you know, I like that kind of dark stuff too, Sandy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that's life. You know, we are dark and light in life. We have good days and bad days, and and that's just what it is. Absolutely. Oh, you know, Sandy,
0: I could talk to you for another four hours. (laughs) And we are going to do this, actually, I, when I when I finally get my hands in your book, which is going to be very soon, um, and we're, I'm going to read it and we're going to chat for as long as you like about it on the actual Words and Nerds podcast. Excellent. So put aside four hours, get some Done. snacks, get some cheese, <laughs> get some wine or tea or whatever your drink is, and we'll just kick back and we'll, uh, we'll go deep. So I'm really looking forward to that. But as always, Sandy, such a pleasure to chat to you. I'm so glad that I, I was able to get 20 minutes with you today and um, I'm sure we'll continue this conversation in the future. But thank you so much, Sandy, to my Danny.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Danny. Thank you for having me again. And thank you for everything you're doing for the Writers Unleashed Festival. And a big thank you to the organisers for turning around what was a you know tough decision, um, but a necessary one and for still producing a wonderful festival
0: yeah absolutely and if you look online um and obviously this podcast is an accompanying thing to it but there's just some amazing content on there so brilliant job to everyone so absolutely thanks andy
1: thanks danny
0: Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny V Books, Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.